Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Hello, I'm Daniel. I'm going to tell a story today and then comment on the story. This is a traditional Chinese Zen story, and it takes place a very long time ago. And there are some mythical elements in it, and I don't want you to get hung up on those because it's a storytelling device. I don't, it's not, it's a story. I don't believe it's real, okay? But there are mythical elements to this story, and they exist to teach us something, okay? So, this is called the story of Bai Jang and the Wild Fox, or Bai Jang and the Fox. And it's from the teaching text called The Gateless Gate, okay? So, the story is that there was this really wise and well-known teacher, Dharma teacher, named Bai Jang, and he gave lots of talks that lots of people came to, and, and this is ancient China. And one day this ghost, it's, it's an old man ghost, comes to his talk and sort of lingers and waits for everyone to leave. And then the ghost goes up to Bai Jang and he says, hello, I was once a teacher and a student asked me a question and I gave a bad answer and I was cursed to be reborn as a fox, a fox for 500 lifetimes. And Bai Jang is sort of like, really? But he's sort of really taken aback by this. But he asks, well, what did, what did you say? And the ghost says, a student asked me, does a great practitioner still fall into cause and effect? Does a great practitioner still fall into cause and effect. And my answer was no. And because I gave that no answer, <clears throat> I was reborn as a fox for 500 lifetimes. And I can only be reborn, or rather, I can only stop being reborn as a fox if I hear the correct answer. So, the ghost asks Spy Zhang, does a great practitioner fall into cause and effect or not? And Bai Jang answers, a great practitioner is not deluded by cause and effect. And then the ghost says, oh, thank you. I can finally rest. Please go find my fox skeleton. It's behind the building over there. And Bai Jang goes and he digs up the fox skeleton and he gives it a full Buddhist monk funeral and performs the ritual and all his students think he's really weird, but that's what he does. So what's going on here? Does a great practitioner still fall into cause and effect that <clears throat> a fox, first of all, is like a, in, in Chinese culture, it's like a, uh, a trickster. Like it'll try to trick you like a trickster spirit. 
I was going to say we could think of it as a devil, but not sinister, but just it'll try to trick you, like a leprechaun or something, okay? So that's why he was born as that, because he gave an incorrect answer. Now, does a great person fall into cause and effect? Okay, what what's happening here, right? This is really... Um, why are we talking about this? This is really a strange thing, right? So what I think of when I think of this, this is heavy language. Um, does a great person fall into cause and effect? I think actions happen, consequences happen. Like it's pretty clear to me that cause and effect, things happen and then there are consequences. It's pretty clear to me that cause and effect are kind of universal. And that's really a Buddhist teaching too. But I think it's sort of a common sense teaching. It's something that we tend to want to hide from, but it's sort of pretty clear. Like, cause and effect, right? You eat too much, you're going to feel bad. Cause and effect, pretty direct. You treat people badly, they're going to not like that. Cause and effect, right? So, does a great person fall into cause and effect? What that makes me think of is sort of we have this expectation sometimes. Or rather, some people have this expectation that they meet a Buddhist and that Buddhist is going to be calm and even and kind and not torn up by things and not carried away by the vagaries of life, right? If people think anything about Buddhists, they think that and they have that sort of expectation. And what they don't realize is that, well, we're doing this because we need it because we're struggling and we want to be better. And Buddhism is not just going to make you calm and serene all the time. And to have that expectation is really unfair. In, in the same way that Christianity does not make people really live like Jesus, not often anyway, right? Buddhism does not make you just calm and serene and able to deal with anything and have boundless compassion. We still have to work at it. And even if we've been working at it a very long time, we still have to work at it. So, if you've ever, gosh, and hopefully a lot of people don't have this experience, but if you've ever had the experience where you're frustrated about something and somebody says to you, that's not very Buddhist, right? That's a, what the hell? Why would you say that to someone? But if you've ever had an experience like that, that's, they're, they're in the same trap as the old man who turned into a fox. The trap is thinking that, well, if you're Buddhist, then you should be able to handle this. You should be okay. You should not be depressed. You should not be frustrated when your kids don't listen or mad when you didn't get the promotion you deserved at work. You should just be sort of, um, um, everything's fine. Everything's as it should be, right? And that is really unfair because we're all struggling. We're all just people and we're all just struggling and Buddhism is not going to flip a switch and just change everything and make you not fall into cause and effect. That is, make you not deluded anymore. Not all at once, not suddenly, not at the beginning, right? What it is going to do is help you build a framework to get a little better. Get a little better. It's not going to... When we become Buddhist, when we have a really diligent meditation practice, even if we meditate every day, that doesn't mean we're not going to struggle anymore. 
It doesn't mean we're not going to have cravings and give in to those sometimes. It doesn't mean we're not going to get upset when things go wrong. It just means that we have tools that we can use when things go wrong. And sometimes we won't be able to use them or we won't want to use them, but we have the tools. That's the point. We have the tools because of our diligence, regular practice. So we still fall into cause and effect. We still stub our toe and we're swearing. We still yell at our kids when they don't listen. We still eat too much ice cream. We do all those things, but we have the tools to be a little better. A little, we're turning our mind a little bit more toward wisdom and compassion and mindfulness. But that said, we all stumble and we always, as far as I can tell, we always will. We always will. But the point is that we have these tools to get a little bit better. And then a little bit better. And then a little bit better. And some people say you shouldn't think about Buddhism like that. And I'm, I'm sympathetic to that view. But I think there's, a, there's sort of two levels to think about this. And one is that, yes, our true nature is free from suffering. Our true nature is awake and wise and compassionate and all those things. But at the same time, we're in the ordinary world. And what we're learning to do is just tune into that true nature more often to be able to turn our minds toward wholesomeness toward virtue, toward mindfulness and wisdom and compassion, toward all those things and away from our delusions, our cravings, our selfish obsessions. So that's what it's about. We're, we're training our minds to turn them toward what we want to turn them toward instead of just obsessing about these other things all the time obsessing about feeding our ego or feeding our endless desires, right? So we really are training ourselves. And so to expect perfection from, a, from anyone, from a Buddhist or from anyone, or even from a Buddhist teacher, or even from a Buddhist teacher who's been practicing for decades is not one, it's not, it's not fair, but two, like, we need to be working on ourselves and not worrying about whether other people are working on themselves well enough anyway. So, the one we should be expecting things from is ourselves. And, but at the same time, we don't want to tear ourselves down because we're having a tough time because we all have a tough time. And that's just the nature of things. So, we need to keep that in mind. Having a tough time is the nature of things and we can only try to get better. To get better and better slowly. So that's, that's my interpretation of falling into cause and effect. That is just, we still let shit get to us. Even when we know we shouldn't. And even sometimes we will know, oh, this is bullshit. Why is this bothering me? But it still bothers us, right? Even even that will happen. And actually, we'll have, as we practice more and more, we'll have more moments like that when we're like, why am I reacting this way? This is stupid. But we keep reacting that way anyway. But we're still, we're able to ask that question. Does, does that help? I don't, I don't know. Yes. I was going to say I don't know. But yes, I think it does. I think just 
that's proof it's working. That's sort of proof it's working because the next thing after that is maybe sometimes we can put down that bullshit. We can put down that bullshit and go on with our lives and not struggle with it so much. Sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. And so that's really important. And I think maybe people come come to meditation practice and they start practicing and they're like, maybe they practice for a little while and then they're like, what? Things aren't getting better. What's What's happening right now? We have to trust the process and we have to know we're training. We're training and it's like anything else. It's like lifting weights. It's like uh, training for a marathon. It's like it's like practicing for to go on Jeopardy or something, right? You're going to get a little bit better and better. And progress will be slow. Especially at first, progress will be slow. But, and, and at times, we may not even notice. That's the frustrating thing, is we may not even notice successes sometimes. That is, things may not bother us, but we don't, realize that a thing's not bothering us. We don't even realize it. That'll, that'll happen too. And then, yeah, it'll happen that we have that moment where we think, why is this bothering you? But it keeps bothering us. And that can be frustrating in itself because then we think, well, this isn't really helping, right? It's just pointing me at what a broken person I am. So, but it does help because that's the step that leads to the next step of, sometimes being able to put things down. Sometimes being able to put things down. And Bai Jang's answer was, a great practitioner is not diluted by cause and effect. And that is just, we learn how to see where we struggle. That, that the delusion is not even seeing it. Struggling and not even knowing where we struggle and when we don't. That's the delusion. And Bai Jang is saying that we learn how to see through that. And once we learn where our struggles are, once we learn where our struggles are, that can really be very helpful to us. Because then we know what we need to work on. Knowing what we need to work on is important, is helpful, is good. So that's what I wanted to talk about for today, Bai Jang and the Wild Fox. And again, I take this story as to be totally mythology. I don't believe in rebirth. I don't believe in talking foxes. I don't believe in ghosts. But it tells us something. A lot of stories like this tell us something. Um, and some people might be mad at me and say, well, you should believe in those things if you're a Buddhist. But I, I don't. I don't. But some people do hold that view. And I'm not against them. But I, I don't hold that view myself. But... The story teaches us something. It doesn't have to be literally true to teach us something. And what it teaches us is, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't have this expectation that you're going to meditate for a little while and then <clears throat> nothing will bother you ever again, right? I, I do not believe that anyone gets to the point where they stub their toe really hard and they just say, lo, pain is entering my body and I am unmoved by this. I don't believe that. And that's what it would be if we didn't fall into cause and effect, right? That's what it would be. It would be, oh, pain is entering my body. 
I am unmoved. This pain will go away soon, I'm sure. And I don't think that's what anyone says when they stub their toe. Nope. So that's it for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. And have a good day. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.